1: To Zompocalypse Now. Yes. For this um, evening's z- z- zom- zombie show. <laughs> sure. Fear the Walking Dead. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's okay. Uh, we should probably get off of this right off the bat. Yeah. Um, so, tonight's episode might be a little strange because legitimately 15 minutes ago Tim and I were notified that a very good friend of ours uh, a guy named Dave Barry uh who had been uh suffering from stage 4 lung cancer uh died tonight uh we're not 100% sure what time but we it's about 10:20 now and we found out maybe 15 minutes ago, so... Uh, it's... It's,
0: uh... We're both writers, and... Um, it's one of those things where you go, Oh, look, I'm a writer. I have none of the right words. Right.
1: Right. And, you know, it's one of those... It's also one of those situations where, um... (laughs) If you knew Dave Barry, (laughs) you would know that it is 100% Dave Barry to have his death announced five minutes before you're supposed to start a podcast. (laughs) Like, that Uh, is 100% who he was. He was, uh, I like, I called my friend Molly, I called Molly, mm Mm-hmm. Uh, to tell her, and she was like, "Are you calling me to say in Vogue is to talk about in Vogue on on the the Billboard Music Awards?" And I'm like, "No, Molly, I'm calling to tell you that Dave Barry died tonight." <laughs> and she was like, "Damn it, Dave Barry!" Because you know he was a like a force of nature. Yeah, yeah, he was. That somehow knew the perfect, t- perfect time to inflict himself on you to cause some sort of embarrassment or damage. And I do not say that as a, as a diss or, or, or bad-mouthing the dead or anything like that. It was, like, magic. It was magic... <laughs> And in some ways, that sort of thing has to be celebrated about a person.
0: (laughs) Um, I moved here in 2005 and uh, got involved with the independent film community and sat in the back of the room and just listened to people when they were talking about their projects and sort of soaking it all in for about six or seven months. And the first film I worked on in Kansas City, Dave... Was one of the people who helped shoot it and it was Dave Barry and Paul Campbell Mm -hmm. and so I was building a lot of the the relationships that have been very important to me in Kansas City since I moved here and um, he edited the first version of the film that we made a feature film uh, that no one will ever see because (laughs) it's a (laughs) garbage uh the script is actually pretty decent i'm very proud of actually some of the parts of the script but the execution i made so many great mistakes on that film that i had like years worth of of credit against my mistake balance Mm -hmm. because of that film uh and i do not even i still don't know exactly how much money i dumped into that picture but i used to not be poor for a while and then i was poor for a long time (laughs) and it was that movie but um the He taught me how to edit. And I was leaning. I would lean over his shoulder and he would show me what he was doing. And then I got my own editing software and then I started editing. And so much of what I came to see as how I edit came out of conversations and lessons from Dave. And, you know, Dave was a musician. Mm. And he, had a, he used to have a band. Um, and he would do solo act stuff too, but... He taught me that mu- editing is music. It's find that rhythm and then just listen. You listen for the beat of the story. Mm-hmm. And if you wrote the story, it's even better because you know what the beats are. You right. just have to, it's your own words. And um, the last three years, um, and you and I have had this conversation in private and on this show about how our lives kind of got very isolated. Mm-hmm. You, know, you because of the kids, not because of the, the job I had. And I didn't get to talk to Dave as much. And we were reconnecting over the last month or so. Of course, at the worst possible time. Right. When he's dying. Right. Um, but uh, uh, Camby, uh, the woman who came into his life several years ago, um, really, really made him happy. And I'm glad that at least in the last few years... He had her mm-hmm. because um, he had a rough time with his ex-wife, and, and, and there wasn't anybody yeah. there wasn't anybody there for him. There was no there was no right there was a woman bit, yeah. for him for a long time, and then and then Camby came along. So right. we're we're mourning with her and all his other friends. He has so many friends here in town, mm-hmm. um, but right. I do want to say that one of my favorite things about Dave was the fact that he was your worst. And Best Critic at the same time. Oh, yeah. If you... If he would not let you get away with anything. No. If he didn't like you, his criticism of your film would go like this. Nice film. Yeah. And that would be it. But if
1: he liked you, he would come up to you and go, What the hell are you doing? Right. And not <laughs> only not only in film, like he would not let you get away with anything... In your, just your life Like Dave was not the guy Who would just be like Oh, that's a great shirt Wonderful, thank you for bringing that around us (laughs) Um, I moved when I I also moved to Kansas City in Mm -hmm. 2005 Um, my very first IFC meeting Was Dave's last Before he moved away To go to Oh, wherever he went Oh yeah, um He went up to, uh Cleveland. Cleveland, because his, his ex was moving. His ex was taking and, their daughter there. And he was going to go because his daughter was going.
0: And that's something else to say about Dave. He, his ex-wife took off and moved to Cleveland, took their daughter, and, and Dave's response was, I am not going to be separated from my child. Mm-hmm. He, he picked up his life, moved to a city he had never been to, had no desire to go to, because he was not going to not be near right. his daughter. And I, as a father, um, with a daughter,
1: and, and, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I, I, it was, like, yes, yeah. But he got up, and it was his last meeting, he gets up, and he's like, we're having a big party! I'm having a big party in my house tonight! And everybody in this room can go to this party, and of course, this is, you know, I was, I was uh, not feeling my most gregarious, because I have really strong social anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, is, you know, you can't really tell in a pod a podcast because it's just the two of us in this room. Mm-hmm. Really, uh, but in a social situation in a place I've never been before and people I've never spoken sure. to before, it's very, very hard for me. I have to like, I have to write out like, this is the person. I okay, so I've been here six weeks, and this is the person I'm going to speak to, and this is how I'm going to start a conversation with this person. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Dave's like, everybody in this room is invited to this party. And of course, they didn't go. Uh, but then, like we would get these weird like video submissions from from Dave in Cleveland because he went and started and he, of course kept making films and so like whenever we would have a contest, we'd get this random video from Dave mm-hmm. in Cleveland that may or may not have anything to do with what we were we were the the film competition was. And I would sit there who is this crazy person who keeps sending the like the like movies about zombie prostitutes and you know, and stuff like that. And then he moved back when I guess whatever sent his ex to Cleveland and work out. And it was like it was like being hit that guy was like being hit by a tsunami because I remember okay, so we did a film for a thing called the forty-eight hour film draft, right? Call what was the film called? I can't remember. But it was the one the f- channel switching one.
0: Oh god, I don't remember. But it was basically think uh, Kentucky Fried Movie, right? Uh, you know those those classics of of just one skit after another. Uh-huh. But it was like media based, right? So the boob tube, Kentucky yes, Fried Movie, like that. that sort of stuff. Um,
1: and I. St- Starred with our friend Curtis Smith Mm -hmm. in a segment called Walker Sexist Ranger, which people still love. I still love Walker Sexist Ranger. Um, and so the premise of Walker Sexist Ranger is Curtis is the sexist ranger. He's this big gruff, like woman hating, you know, guy, and I'm his super gay new partner. (laughs) And uh, and my first line in. Uh, and the thing was something like, "Hey, Chief, like, who is this? The, is this him? Like, Hey, Chief, is this my new partner or something like that?" And I was supposed to walk in the room, like, flounce into the room, and like, say it. And, you know, I am wearing like a bright pink button down shirt, yeah. much brighter than the pink button down shirt I am wearing today, and like, like white pants, and my hair was all poofed up and stuff. And so I did it. I came in and I did it, and Dave's like, "Could you?" Could you do that gear? And I was like, I can tr- I can try. That's not ever anything someone's asked me before. And so I had to do like he made me do it like six times. I, I by the last one I was coming in like some shrieking harpy, like you know, just like Yahachi! <laughs> like, what do you want from me? <laughs> like, throwing my hands and but, you know. Uh, uh. And you know he would he would do he was he was really really great and he was game for anything. Oh yeah, he designed my first business card as mm-hmm. a filmmaker. He he was uh, a graphic designer. He uh-huh. was a
0: musician. Uh, he was he was uh, a small businessman uh, mm-hmm. prior to, to he, like a lot of his business took a hit after nine eleven, mm-hmm. and and he ended up uh, freelancing as a videographer. Uh, he did uh, uh, deposition videos for legal services. He made a lot of us laugh all the time. Um, he was a. He, I was hardly the only person he taught technical mm-hmm. skills to. Um, in terms of, he was he was very generous with his time with teaching people working on stuff. Um, he had a personality that if you if you didn't spend a lot of time around him, you would think he was very very uh, abrupt mm-hmm. and abrasive and. Um, sometimes a little too sarcastic, and all of these things were actually true.
1: Yes. However... All true statements.
0: However, uh, he was also uh, warm and loving, and he loved his daughter, he loved his friends. Um, My daughter came to visit uh, for a week, uh, several years ago, and Dave was just aesthetic about meeting her mm-hmm. he, and, he and I had spent so much time talking about our daughters so much time talking about our lives we both struggled with depression for mm-hmm. many years um, and so he and I had a lot of late night conversations um, hunting for dogs in snowstorms is a thing we did once Uh <laughs> one of his dogs got out um, yeah just It's just a rough night. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, to all of the people who listen to this, who are friends of ours, um, I know you're feeling it too, if you knew Dave. And the best thing we can do, of course, and uh, there's so many trite things you say at this certain mm-hmm. time, but the best thing you can do with someone like Dave is do what he would do, which is. Go out and tell stories. Mm. Go make movies. Go be you. Go do who you are in the world. You know, do the podcast. Um, you know, you and I talked last week when we after we recorded about again how we not we're not doing the kind of stuff we should be doing, which is mm-hmm. we both write, we both make movies. Let's do these things, right? And uh, we're not doing that enough right now. And um, if we need another reminder, mm. um, so. Hug the people you love, and remember that life is not forever. Right. So, uh, love you, Dave.
1: Okay, get off of me, Tim. <laughs> get back on your end of the couch. I am not even touching him, because we do not touch each other. We do not touch each other. So, anyway. So, now that we um, brought you down. Um, this is an... Um, Another Naomi-slash-Laura-slash-Dharma episode of, of Fear the Walking Dead. Yes. And I'm going... What did I say last week? Was it,
0: uh, uh, what, 956 or something like that percent brilliant? Um, mm-hmm. I can't go that high this week. Mm-hmm. I have real mixed feelings about this week. It was
1: okay. It, it was, was
0: okay. okay. And that's the problem. It was just okay. And there were some moments that it was kind of like glaring, like, really? This is the explanation? This is what's this is mm-hmm. what the thing is? And, I mean, eh, it. I, the problem with it... Here, here's the problem with this show, is that you and I spent three years going, why is this show so terrible? Right. And then they give us several episodes of this season where it's like, what's it's going on? Yeah, this it's is it's good. We like this. So when they get back to an just-okay episode... It's kind of like...
1: It's almost like they went back to terrible. Yeah. And the things that they do, that, and we'll talk about them as we go, and what I think they're really trying to hammer home Naomi slash Laura slash Dharma and John Dory. Like, their story. They're trying to hammer their, like, wedge their story in so that we can feel things for them and in their relationship autom- like, like we've known them for a really long time. And I feel like they've done a really, really good job of that with Don, John Dory. Like he's become, he's he's so endearing and so, just like just and virtuous and all those things. They've also given him a chance to breathe as right. a
0: character. I mean, remember that the very exactly. first introduction to the character was him giving like a two minute monologue, talking about being alone and you know, I have I watch movies and and I. I'm just here yeah. out in the woods, and and for a show for a, a universe where monologues are often just the worst, it was a really solid piece of writing, mm-hmm. and of course, great performance. But they've given him the chance, us the chance to, to, to dive into this character, You're right? And have some, and they have not actually done that with Naomi.
1: Not very well. They've the the few the, they've they've established that she is a runner. Like that, she cannot uh, stay. Like she gets antsy, and we've not been given any of that backstory to figure out why that is. Mm -hmm. And it feels like they did really they did a disservice to the character by making it basically an info dump tonight. Right. Yeah. Um. In it was again it was fine, but I think could have been handled better. I think if we would have been given like one more. Naomi even not even full episode even another half episode Mm -hmm. for Naomi then we would it would not feel so rushed but tonight feels really rushed
0: yeah and and between that and a handful of
1: individual
0: things that you look at it and go really Mm -hmm. are we are we sure that's what we're going with okay whatever (laughs) and yeah so I mean it's 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 if you just look at the individual things that are wrong, or or you know, prob- really problematic, they don't add up to that terrible of stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you've got that sort of rushed, cramped feeling of this story, um, it yeah, it does. It's it's unfortunate, especially after some really strong
1: episodes like last week so um what we what we got was basically halves these a half a two halves of an episode yeah um back in the past, uh, N- Naomi was about to flee the baseball stadium, and Madison and she's caught leaving, and so basically, she makes up a story about how she was about to go back to this place that she used to be. Be before before to see if there were still supplies there, uh, and so Madison and Strand are like, "Okay, well, we're just gonna go with you because it's not safe to go out there one person at a time." Uh, so because they decided to stay at
0: uh, the ball the ballpark, and they are going to go with Nick's
1: plan of going out and finding seeds and right.
0: planting, trying again,
1: right? So they. So Naomi and Madison and Strand. Oh, Strand has a conversation with Hat Guy.
0: Yeah. Where basically,
1: they're like, "Wow, I, wow, Strand! It's so great that you found these these supplies in this convenient vehicle, not too far away from where we are. How convenient is convenience?" And uh, and he's like, "Yeah, right. convenience is super convenient." And Hat Guy doesn't be, doesn't say, "Hey, just so you know, that's Strand's run kid." Uh, and when but he, sp- gives,
0: he gives him that, that look that mm-hmm. says,
1: yeah, you're an asshole. Yeah. I was going to like you, but now I don't. Uh, so anyway, he asks, Strand asks him, like, why didn't you rat me out? And he's like, look, um, I'm not, I can't do that. And also, I don't know what would happen if you if I told. Yeah, I don't. He's yeah. <laughs> thinking like, yeah, you know, maybe this guy's going to kill me. Yeah. Which is always a good basis for a relationship right because before this it was like these two guys were like yeah. circling each other in a very romantic way or kind of a cute way and that's not happening any longer new no. uh, no. so strand and Madison and Naomi go out and they stop for the night in a in a motel where all the doors are busted now here's something I thought yes. while I was watching like motels like okay so in The Walking Deads video game the first one mm-hmm uh, the survivors before they have that weird crazy thing that leads them to have to leave, uh, hold up in a motel for several weeks. Right. I don't why I don't understand why more people don't hold up in motels on this show. Like they're perfect. They're a perfect place to. There's rooms. There's you know it's like a usually they're like out in the middle of nowhere. Like the motels where they this kind of motel, which is like mm-hmm. one of those two floor. You know, you drive your car up right up to the door of your place. You know, it looks like it's an A-frame with, like, five buildings attached to it.
0: Yeah, but how defensible do you think these really are? I mean, in this in this world where we've established that, you know, the the hordes of horrible humans... Oh, God, I, I, did, I did alliteration no. there. That wasn't intentional. But, um, you know, are everywhere. And right. they're, they're coming to kill you and take your things. I mean, they're... You look at these, these long strip buildings where it's door, you know, room next to room. There's, you know, they usually have one entrance only. They don't have back doors yeah. in most of those places. Um, you know, I I think maybe, you know, the there's something more defensible about, say, that luxury hotel down in Mexico. Yeah. Where you can actually seal off a bottom floor and defend the top, you know, upper
1: levels if you have to or whatever, you, however, which they, you know, didn't particularly do. Yeah. Here's one of those little weird things that, like, irrit- that is- popped out at me. Like, okay, so they get, the- all the rooms are basically busted in. Mm-hmm. And so they go into the lobby, and there are these <laughs> two walkers in there. And they, Madison kind of susses the story out, which basically these two people had, like, three cans of beans between them, and they must have gotten in some sort of fight and shot each other. Right and died, and Madison's standing there holding the can of beans, and they shot each other over beans, and then Strand walks in, arms full, from snack bar or something, vending machine, vending machine somewhere. Like these two people killed each other over beans before they went and like checked the place to see if there was some sort of food somewhere in the.
0: It's dog. almost like it's a sight gag, because he comes. She was where have you been? He goes, getting dinner. Right. And it's like it's like it's, they I, went for the joke right. without thinking about without applying the logic or, or not
1: not necessarily <laughs> that they went for the joke. Maybe that I don't even know if they were telling they knew they were telling a joke. <laughs> it's possible because they it's, didn't. you know because or maybe there's just like that's just how good a survivors they are now. Like, the first thing he did was scan the place to look for food, and these people were not such good survivors, and they... Yeah, but I just that just seems like a,
0: a really...
1: It was so... It was glaring. The reason yeah. I'm bringing it up, the reason we're spending so much time on it, is because it was pretty super glaring. Yeah, well, because
0: I mean, <laughs> the idea that somebody would not go for the vending machines, I mean, mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Right. It's, it's it's just ridiculous. Right. So, yeah, know, yeah, it's the first of the...
1: Really? Are we sure? Yeah. Okay, whatever. So, anyway, this is when Naomi tells them that they were... that they're heading for a FEMA location. hmm And that this is a place that she was at for a short amount of time, and she's like... And Madison's basically like, how do we know this stuff's here? There's still stuff here. And Naomi's like, believe me, you would not want to go into this place. And so, uh, she then she tells them that she was actually, she was actually she was actually about to, she was trying to escape. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Strand's like, how dare you? How dare you try to escape us? Like, why would you do that? And the hypocrisy levels in the room,
0: (laughs) fill up the room, hit the ceiling, bounce back down. Well,
1: he's obviously feeling very, you know, uh, feeling away. About this, you know, because he's feeling like that. A serious uh, case of projection, is what right. He's doing. Yes, thank you. Words, words. So they <laughs> they're like, well, is like, well, I guess it's bedtime. We don't need <laughs> we don't need anyone to stay up and watch the place, and you know, oh, and definitely, especially considering Nomi just told us that she's a, a flight risk, you know. But when they wake up in the morning, Naomi's gone, but she didn't take their car, and she left them the map to the FEMA police. Right. So, uh, Naomi gets there, and it's full of walkers. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of taps on the door and gets all the walkers to come to her, and then... Uh... Except for the ones who will strategically show up later as the plot demands. Right. Of course. You know those... Those walkers always exist. We don't even yeah. really <laughs> they're So then she, like, goes in, like, through a back door... And she finds some crates and stuff. Does she load stuff into that truck, or does she just know no? She just go, she just goes to the. Because uh, I know she opened a crate and looked inside of it and like looked. At well, she stuff. yeah, she opens
0: up in the crate and inside the crate are guns and uh, various things and a notebook. And she starts flipping through the notebook and initially the first few pages are about medical things. And my first thought was. The big reveal is that she was never actually a nurse. Oh, yeah. And that she's. But they don't, but I, apparently not. So she gets to a section on uh, on growing, on planting and growing right. things. And so she looks at it, she closes it, she puts it in her bag. And then she pulls out a, a ring of keys. The uh, JIC. JIC is, is. And so, of course, not knowing what this means at the moment, you look at it and think it's somebody's initials or it's mm-hmm. the way she holds it, it's, it's meaningful. And then she starts making her way through the rest of the building, and at this particular moment, it's like all the things that we do not like in this show start Start to to happen. happen, Yeah,
1: it's like, oh, look, there's an empty crib. Right. We're like, oh no, Uh, no, we don't want to know that. We don't want to see that. Um, Well, it's not as bad. Like in the very first season of The Walking Dead, there was a scene where. Or no, it was back when the prison was destroyed, and yeah. we thought Judith had been killed, uh, and there was just her car seat just full of blood. And right? Like, oh, yeah. that's really that's did not, not fun. Need to see that's this? That's not a fun thing to see. Um, but there's no blood in any of these cribs. No, but, but we, we see, know kind of. And you go through and you
0: see all these different rooms that are like full of children's artwork, mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, this is not going to be pretty.
1: But we never see any child walkers. We do see
0: one. Madison kills it at the... uh, But it's... Oh, spoiler alert. Madison
1: and Strand show up. Yeah, they get there. Oh, yeah. After... Well, so after Naomi forgets everything she's ever, like, had survived this apocalypse with the knowledge of, like... Because she's, like, walking through and she's, like, looking at things and, like, she sees some some pictures that children had drawn Mm -hmm. on a wall... And I don't know.
0: It's like a cap- they're in this like break room cafeteria space. There's uh-huh. like one of the little uh, holes in the wall, the little bar thing that like, right. goes into a kitchen. And there's bodies on the floor. And you see shell casings, and and just all this stuff. And she just decides that this is where she cannot go on without swooning. Yeah. And she basically literally swoons. She right. Goes, and then she clumps to the ground and literally you can look over her shoulder and see that Yeah, her
1: she is she is she's pulled all the walkers to like a glass window. And mm-hmm. so they're all at this window and she's walking behind them and it's one big room. Mm-hmm. And then so she when she falls to the ground, all the walkers and this was actually a very cool shot I thought, all the walkers stop stop banging on the glass mm-hmm. and turn around and start heading towards her. And so she has to, like, escape. And she escapes to, like, some scaffolding. And,
0: and all the plot walkers show up from other directions that weren't there before. And right. And so she's, like, completely surrounded. And she's she's scrambled up. And she's up there. And she's crying. And the door bursts open. Mm. And it's Strand and Madison who have come to save her. Right. Or something.
1: So they basically... Strand uses integers... <laughs> to, like, calculate... Math and physics! He, he she, like, gets a rope up to her, and they tie it off, and she climbs down the rope, and they get out of the building.
0: Mm-hmm. And Madison's been, you know, fighting off zombies, too. Right. Because in, that's where we see the one child we've seen so far, which is a, a long-haired, brown-haired girl uh, who Madison, uh, put, you know, stabs in the head. Right. Like you do. Yeah.
1: So, they get outside, and <laughs> Strick Madison are like, what the hell, Naomi? <laughs> and so she that's when she tells basically her story is that they that she had a daughter named Rose mm-hmm. and that they had been bouncing around from community to community for whatever reason and they ended up at this FEMA place and it was really well fortified and there was food there and they were everybody was doing what they could, and there was this woman even teaching survival classes. Just-in- case classes. Just-in- case classes. J-I-C. And they were, everything was going really, really well until Rose got sick. And Naomi realized that it was the flu. And so, instead of telling anyone that her daughter was sick, Naomi locked the child in a supply closet and went to go look for medicine. Antibiotics, Antibiotics specific. Antibiotics specific to help her with her flu. And so she was gone for three days searching day and night, no sleep. And when she got back, the place was completely overrun by walkers. Somehow she determines because she says that that Rose died the
0: first night she was gone. Yeah, right. So I'm not entirely sure how she knows that. Because if she got back and everybody was dead, it would be hard to tell.
1: Well, it's, it makes a good story, it even it though makes it makes absolutely story. no sense. So yes. apparently, Naomi, through psychic power, <laughs> figures out that Rose died right after she left. See, there are a
0: number of problems with this whole premise. First of all, this is a FEMA building. The idea that there is uh, no antibiotics in this building and there's a lady there who is, you know, teaching just-in-case classes, and there are no antibiotics in this building, is, I I would just, I mean, it's possible. I mean, there's, you can't say that, that's not, that's impossible. No, it's possible, but it just seems so weird. Right. It just seems so strange and out of place that there wouldn't be antibiotics, or maybe Theraflu, or something to treat the child. I mean, it's like, Really? But, okay, it's, it's, it makes, it's, it's the story. It's just, it's just as valid as, as she died on the first day in terms of yeah. making any sense. But it's like, it just again, it's one of those things where you go, what, really? This is what we're going with? Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. and
1: then she tells them that, and then Madison's like, well, you're not, it's not your fault that the place is overrun with walkers. And, and Naomi's like, no. Rose must have, Rose died and then infected everyone else, and no one could escape. And it was like they completely glossed over the fact that she locked her sick child in a room all by herself and then yeah. left for three days. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it was really... The story that they were trying to tell, the story they were trying to make na- make a backstory for Naomi, does not in any way, like, work for me. No, no. It's...
0: Uh, I mean, it's a perfectly valid story of loss and pain and, you know, why she's why she doesn't trust places, you know, why she doesn't want to stay in one place, why she feels guilty. These are all valid things. But you've, it's been compressed into, like, 30 seconds of mm-hmm. time that doesn't actually make... The story doesn't hold up in its own internal right. logic. And, yeah, it's...
1: Why they couldn't have just given her more time? Mm-hmm. I mean... Well, I think that the end of the episode kind of answers that a little bit. But we'll get Well, maybe. So, um... So, they take the just-in-case truck, because the lady, Jenny, or no, Air Ellen, who was teaching the just-in-case classes, had packed a a specific thing full of food and grain and, like, supplies to start a colony in a a Land Rover. No antibiotics, apparently. No, no antibiotics. Uh... That was ready to go, just in case mm-hmm. there was uh, uh, something that they couldn't save this place. And so that's what they take. And they take that back to the baseball stadium, and uh, they, like, gloat in front of the 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 scavenger, the you know the scavengers, like, we got some stuff. And the king of the scavengers is like, this is going to take longer than we can wait. Let's get out of here, boys. And they leave. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like things are looking up for the baseball stadium folk. And that's kind of the end of what we see there in the past. So, Oh, no, that's not true. Because
0: Madison looks at Alicia and says, I want you to take some rifles Mm -hmm. and a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I want you to put it in the Range Rover. Yeah. And she's like, why? Pack it at the back of the place. And And she's like, well, you know, just in case. And you know it's it's their their version, a much smaller version of the truck that they picked up with the supplies, mm-hmm. but you know eh, it's it's a certain betrayal of the idea that we're going to fight for this, right? Um, yes, it, it's it's all something that makes sense. Is that you should have an, you know a way to do that if you need to, mm-hmm. but in terms of what everybody's talking about, and we're going to stand here. This is what we're going to be. This is our this is our place. And we're going to defend it and rebuild it. It's a little, it's it's an
1: understandable betrayal of mm-hmm. the idea, but it's it's a little bit of a betrayal of the right. idea. So meanwhile, in the present, John Dory and Morgan find a scavenger, and mm-hmm. he's like, taking, you know, I, I really hope that we get to see where the scavengers are actually living, because I believe they are living in a place, especially when you see that they were taking all of the like fluorescent light bulb tubes yeah. out of out of this building. Like this guy is taking like all the lighting out of this building. Mm-hmm. He's not doing that for the hearse and the bus that they claim to be <laughs> living in. No. He's doing it for some sort of some sort of place where they are actually really living mm-hmm. Uh So they catch this guy and like, we know where your people are going to be and we just want to, we want you to tell them to stay away because there's going to be an ambush Uh, Well, first
0: you see the guy, he's standing there, and you hear John Dory go, "Um, All right, so I have a gun on you. Yeah. And we're going to, you're going to, I'd like you to turn around and we'll have a conversation. And if you, you can go for your gun, but I'm faster than you. Yeah. And um, I'll try to hit your hand, but, you know, eh, chances are I will, but I could be wrong and, you know, I could kill you. And the guy whips
1: around with the gun. And John shoots his finger off. Well, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Because he turns around, and then Morgan comes out. Uh, right. And they're all standing there. And they're like, "Like John Dory is, I would say, from the blocking of this scene, not standing any farther away than he, I am sitting from you, from this guy. It's very close, yes. And he has got a gun on him already. Mm-hmm. And then there's Morgan standing there with the stick going, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And the guy goes for his gun anyway. And then he gets his finger shot off. Right. <laughs> and so, and that's when they tell him, like, go back to your guys. Tell them don't go to your new latest meeting place. You know, it's gonna be, it's, it's gonna be bad. It's don't gonna go. be bad. And so, then that was actually the beginning of the episode. And then basically, it goes back to Alicia and 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 Strand telling the story that we just told about the past. Well, Strand probably mostly because he he knew that was mm-hmm. was going on. Anyway, so. Uh, we get to the place and it's Al and Alicia and Lucy and Strand and they've set up kind of an ambush for the scavengers. And then this one suburban comes driving up and they're like, Oh, only one? What's going on? And it's John Dory and Morgan. Right. And Morgan's basically like, I'm here to say to tell you, like, you don't have to do this this does not have to be the way this. we can, you know, like, you're good people, and blah, 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 And Alicia's like, ah, aggro, blah, 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 kill them all.
0: And he's like, they're not coming, we told them yeah. to stay away, and then suddenly there's a noise, then work around, and all the trucks show up. Yeah. And you look at this scene, and you realize that the plan that Alicia, Strand, and Lucy had... Would is, not have worked. ...is a very dumb plan. Right. It is a... It is a monumentally stupid plan. Because there are three of them, admittedly, with
1: automatic weapons, but there are dozens of the scavengers. Right. Oh, and they tried to like rope Al into this plan. And she was like, no, 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 (laughs) no. I'm just here to watch it record. and, And Strand was like, do you think that's actually going to work? And she's like, "It has before," which makes me wonder, like, what has Alicia or not Alicia Al seen in yeah, her travels? That's true. Because that's some very cryptic shit that she just said. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they show up and like they're all like, we're going to shoot each other." And Morgan's like, "So there's got to be a better way." And then all of a sudden, Well wait, wait, wait,
0: before that, before that, we get a little bit, we get a little bit more information here because the the. The head, quote-unquote, head of the scavengers has got his gun out, and he's you know, pointing it at Alicia, and he's like, I'm sorry about your brother. And she goes, I'm not sorry about yours. And he's like, makes face, and yeah. tightens the gun, and then their radio crackles. Right. And you hear this voice, and you can't make out who the voice is. And I looked over at you, and I said, and now Madison is revealed as queen of the scavengers. Right, she's
1: taken over. And we see a Range Rover pull up. And, we'll, and they're and like, like, and and Strand and Alicia are like, "That's the Rain Rover." How did you get the Range Rover? And then Naomi gets out of it, and Naomi looks legitimately terrible. Like she <laughs> looks, she's wearing some weird checker colored. Pants. And we've been making fun of the way that the scavengers have dressed. Oh okay, yeah, the scavengers' clothes are terrible, right? And she's got her hair all slicked back, weird, mm-hmm. and. That makes me think that maybe the things that we heard from Naomi before were probably maybe sort of a lie because I think maybe Naomi is another scavenger plant. I think that's what we're She we're may find- very about well be. Out. I mean, she's
0: it's such a uh, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, the you know, John Dory's like um, Laura, Laura? <laughs> And she's
1: like John? John? <laughs> Alicia Alicia is just like, "No, I am not having this." He turns around and is going to shoot Naomi and John jumps in front of the bullet and gets shot in the side. And he goes down and the
0: camera pulls away as he's lying on the ground and and you know uh, Naomi is trying to staunch the bleeding and and we're like if you kill John Dory, if you <laughs> kill John Dory so there would be words. We will have things to say. We will say.
1: have <laughs> things to say. I will write a strongly worded letter. <laughs> AMC.
0: But I mean it's uh, I'm, I, it, there's there's a lot go, good going on with this episode but it's so rushed when it comes to Naomi's story that even if it's a lie it's not it doesn't feel right mm-hmm. uh, even if it just turns out to all just be you know her telling a story to get what she wants um, I'm not I don't understand what Strand and Alicia and Lucy's plan was was their plan to die mm-hmm. is that their goal because they're going to die Right. This was this was not going to be a solution to the problem. They were not going to have a chance to defeat the scavengers this way. Right. I don't understand what the what the logic is. Um, and then on top of that, you have the little niggly things like every time I see the scavengers' vehicles, I'm thinking these are such incredibly gas-guzzling vehicles. Where the hell is a hybrid? You right. know, get, get a Did small you notice Toyota. the hearse? I couldn't help. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I saw
1: the nurse, the hearse, and I was like, "Ugh, oh, the, the scavengers are driving around in a hearse." I and, and more and more, I see of them, the more I'm like, "This is all like a big show." The 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 bus and the like stopping in front of a thing, and like they have got to have somewhere that they are living. It's so odd. It's so odd, and and, and because I was irritated with so many of these things.
0: Even little things like the fact that there was a Range Rover that our heroes are driving around. And I've had friends who have owned Range Rovers before, mm-hmm. and they are some of the most—they have the worst repair records, and they are just—they cost so much to fix, and they break down all the time. I was looking at this going, "This is a terrible car for the apocalypse." I mean, it's just little things like that, just got so, you know, nitpicky, nitpicky. But that's this is kind of where yeah. you end up with. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not a bad episode, but I still don't understand what Alicia strand and Lucy were trying to accomplish. Right? What? I don't. I don't get. It, that makes no sense to me at all. So, eh, I don't know. I don't know. It's
1: it's surfing dogs, Tim.
0: Yeah. Well, and we are mm-hmm. on. Uh, there's a couple week break here. Yeah. So back in June for Fear of the Walking Dead. And I'm sure we can find something to fill in our time, like watch, we do. We can watch some more
1: The Mist. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> watch some more The Mist next week.
0: Oh, dear. Uh,
1: and then, the, whole, the really bad thing about it is that we've got maybe a week, two weeks. And then I go to Texas. Right. So yeah. I won't be here, so you might have to figure out.
0: Uh, in uh, in July, uh, I am running the film program for the Kansas City Fringe Festival, so have a Sunday that I won't be here. Mm. Uh, we may have a couple of, of breaks in our normal every week schedule coming up here, Right. Uh, but that's not quite there yet. So. so yeah, I don't know. Mixed bag, mixed bag tonight. But thank you guys for uh, listening, and of course, thank you guys for uh, responding on Twitter. Right, there's a lot of feedback uh, with Dustin's tweets. Uh, I was looking at the actual Twitter analytics, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of a lot of people are, are looking at your tweets and, and uh, engaging with us there. Uh, we've seen a real burst over the last week with this last episode mm-hmm. on iTunes, which thank you guys for, for downloading that a lot, apparently. Uh, again, iTunes doesn't give us the exact information, but it seems to be a fairly uh, popular episode. Um, I've actually added the Twitter, the, the I'm sorry, I've added the iTunes link and the podcast.com link to our Twitter profile, so you can actually click on those directly and right. take us to that. Um, we would obviously love to have you guys. Let us know what you think about each episode. Um, leave us a comment. Uh, rate would be rate. All that stuff would be fantastic. We'd love to have the, you guys do that for us, uh, because we can, you know, keep doing this. We're gonna do yeah. it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but it's you know it's always good when we get feedback and we can talk, make it a conversation as well. Right. So thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Maisie, the zombie dog, who we have not talked about, but who's been sleeping on the couch the whole time. Uh, We will see you guys next week um, on Zompocalypse Now. We will talk about the mist or something else. But uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Zompocalypse Now is recorded and produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey. All rights reserved.